This is Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a lot long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. Pompey's position at the top of League One is not just maintained, but extended to six points, following a statement win over promotion rivals Bolton on Monday evening. White's in the area, White turns back, looks back to Devlin, White again, Pompey still in the box, across the face of goal! Yenge! He's done it! Cassini Yengi on his first league start at Fratton Park with the second of an unforgettable night on the south coast. Konoshuk Nessi opened the scoring on the stroke of half-time. We'll be analysing that win over the Trotters, as well as hearing how Yengi himself felt after finding the back of the net in front of a Fratton end. The support is immense and um, there's that many people up there, you know, it's, it's an amazing feeling when you score a goal and the emotions just run wild, it was beautiful. Head coach John Massinio to feature as well, he'll review Monday's game too, as well as provide his thoughts on the Australian striker's efforts. We wanted Cassini to lead the line with, with the way that we press, uh, he had a, a real job on his hands, you probably see, he was, he was pressing Santos, he was pressing the goalkeeper, so they beat the press he had to get back in and he coped with it magnificently. We'll also preview the Blues next league fixture, a trip to 11th place Shrewsbury Town. That's all to come between now and seven along with a catch up with Jay Sadler whose Pompey women's side are not in action this weekend. The gaffer will be on hand to discuss the season so far and provide the positives from last weekend's South Coast Derby defeat in the FA Cup. To take a team of that quality to 90 plus seven minutes all the way to the wire shows how far this group have progressed over the last 12 to 18 months. Happy Friday. You're listening to 93.7 Express FM and this is the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Yes, hello, good evening and welcome to tonight's helping of the Football Hour here on Express FM, which is of course still supported by Stagecoach Across the South. Head on over to stagecoachbus.com for more on what they can do for you. Well, how are you? It seems like it's been a while when, in fact, I suppose it has only been a week. Our usual show on Monday, of course, had to be cancelled to make way for the rearranged televised meeting with Bolton Wanderers at PO4, the events of which are undoubtedly in line to be our main focus on the show tonight. With Joe Morrell returning from suspension, John Massinio had a big decision to make for Monday's top-of-the-table clash with Bolton. One change was made, with the Welshman coming in to replace Christian Sadie, who dropped to the bench. Aside from that one change, it was as you were for the 3-0 win at Northampton nine days prior. At Fratton Park calling this one, former Blues striker Guy Whittingham alongside Andy Moon. Everything we do is passionately pompy. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and scores! 90 minutes of passionately pompy commentary. He this is you want to believe it. Pompey Live. Every game under Fratton Park's floodlights always feels significant and special. 
but tonight this one feels just that little bit more significant and that little bit more special because come 10 o'clock the winner of this football match will be top of the table. This is a good run for Magoma. Danger for Portsmouth. Magoma into the middle. Loose in the penalty area. Poppy can't get the challenge in. Still there for Bolton. Shot block. Desperate defending. Still not away. Williams shot block. Poppy survive a very dangerous moment. Oh, Kamara suddenly open through the middle. Abu Kamara reverse ball. Yengi charge for Pompey. Yengi still there. Yengi cross. Oh, Robinson can't get the shot away. And Bolton clear it away. Yengi have taken the shot on himself, Robertson wasn't expecting it, and Bowen half clear. He's up towards the penalty area, Magoma cross, but Martin had a great save! Oh, Charles has missed! The most certain goal of the season for Dion Charles, tapping in from three yards for his 15th, but he doesn't. He slices it wide from three yards with the goalkeeper on the ground. How has he missed that? Nil-nil. Into Kamara in the penalty area. Kamara away from a couple of challenges round the corner. Robertson! Good save, Baxter. And Yengi against Santos. And Yengi trying to get there ahead of Santos. And Yengi getting past Santos. And Yengi! Can he score? No! Cleared off the line. Jones saves the day for Bolton. Baxter got a piece of it, but couldn't keep it entirely out without help. Here it comes. To the near post. Header is in! And Portland have Again, runs from Ragged and Shotgun. He headed from Yengi is wide, and he knows that was his chance. White's in the area. White turns back, looks back to Devlin. White again. Pompey still in the box. Across the face of goal. Yengi. He's done it. The Australian will not be denied, and neither will Portsmouth. They're heading six points clear at the top of League One. Portsmouth two, Bolton nil. There's no more time. Porter defeat on Bolton. They're six points clear at the top of League One. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Well, there we are then. The highlights from Monday night's 2-0 win for Pompey over Bolton Wanderers at Fratton Park. Let's go through some of the other results from Saturday. Blackpool 3-0 winners over Carlisle United. Elsewhere, Bristol Rovers 1, Cheltenham Town 1, Burton Albion 1, Stevenage 2, Charlton 2, Cambridge United 2, Exeter City nil, Port Vale 1, Leighton Orient nil, Derby County 3, Northampton 3, Fleetwood nil. Peterborough 3, Oxford United 0, Reading 1, Barnsley 3, Wigan Athletic 0, Lincoln City 0 and Wickham Wanderers 0, Shrewsbury Town 1. There was also a game on Tuesday night between Reading and Oxford United. That one ended one apiece at the Majeski Stadium. And of course, Pompey beating Bolton Wanderers by two goals to nil, as we mentioned, at Fratton Park on Monday evening. And alongside me tonight, to go through Monday's big win over the Trotters, we've got our very own Kevin Stokes from Vanity Show. Kev, great to have you with us for this one. Good evening, Jake. Yes, great to be on here tonight after that performance on Monday. And I uh, hope you're well. Yeah, very good. Thank you very much, Kev. And um, before we do get into the analysis of the game, um, we unfortunately had your show on Monday Council to make way for the football. But was it worth it in the end? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, I was. Uh, well, I looked at the schedule on Monday and I hadn't 
all been updated. And I thought, oh, am I due on? I said, well, <laughs> so I messaged Harrison and said, oh, I'm in the football, so um, <laughs> let yep. the boys crack on. That's it, I'm sure. That's yeah, rather be anyway. <laughs> and with the two of us this evening, we have one half of the 1898 blog. Joe Wood joins us tonight. Joe, thanks for calling in. Not a problem. Always, always nice to virtually be here yeah joining yeah exactly um but it's, it's also nice joe to talk about a, a nice positive victory for pompey as we have done on many occasions this season we'll start then shall we with the result from monday two nil win at home to bolton was that a, a result a scoreline you were expecting pre-game no um i wasn't at all i was expecting an unbelievably cagey game and i remember saying to to barry on the way down i i would have been rather happy with the point because it just would have kept the status quo as it was um i think in reality after the first five minutes you got a sense that the bolton back three four five however many it was that they were playing at the back it kind of evolved throughout the game Hmm. um it looked like they didn't want to be there (laughs) that every touch was a very nervous touch and i thought we we have a chance here to do something and yeah, sure enough, the uh, the boys did. Mm. Fratton Park under the floodlights, um, Kev. It wasn't quite a midweek fixture, uh, branding it that way, but it was Monday night under the floodlights on Sky TV as well. And some atmosphere it was at PO4 on Monday night, wasn't it? Because the, the entirety of the stadium got behind the boys and, and really carried them over to victory. I think at times um, the, the, the noise from Fratton Park, you know, even at 1 0, um, at 0 0, when chances were going our way and uh, there were balls being won in the centre of the pitch, you could see the effort that the lads would have put, were putting out there. Fratton Park, I believe, on Monday night was probably one of the best atmospheres we've seen all season. Yes, I'd agree with you there. There's nothing better, is there? You know, under the lights, a big crowd, and yeah, you know, they brought 700 away fans, which was great. And it was an mm. and it was an actual six pointer, which you know transpired as well. And um, just going back to predictions, I was uh, I was looking for a thrilling two two draw <laughs> um, on the way down. I was expecting a good game, two good sides there, both you know scoring lots of goals. Yeah. And, um, well, we got our two and uh, stopped them getting theirs. So, uh, no, really good game. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, my prediction on Pompey Live was 3-2 Pompey. So I was anticipating a win, but I did think, oh, Bolton, I did think Bolton would at least score one. Um, you mentioned the table there, Kev. Let's go through it then. Pompey are top of League One, as they were pre-game on Monday. They now have 45 points and a six points clear of Bolton. Bolton do, of course, have that game in hand. A win for the Trotters on Monday night would have seen them leapfrog Pompey at the top on goal difference with that game in hand. So those three points on Monday evening for Pompey, absolutely crucial. Stevenage a third with 39 points, the same as Bolton, but they've played 21 matches. Peterborough United at Oxford and Derby County, fourth, fifth and sixth respectively down at the bottom. Cheltenham Town rooted to the foot of the table with Reading, Carlisle United and Fleetwood joining them in the relegation zone. OK, then, let's hear from Monday's man of the match at Fratton Park and the goal scorer of Pompey's second goal, Cassini Yengi, who was first asked by Max Watton how much he enjoyed it out there. Yeah, it was amazing. Enjoyed it so much. Probably one of my, my favourite games as a Pompey player so far. Just talk us through that moment in the end. The goal? Uh, yeah, I just was, you know, pushing on. I had a few chances in the, in the first half and uh, I said to myself, I really want to get a goal here. So I just kept on going and uh, I think I had the ball a little bit out wide, kind of held it up, played it out wide and just ended up following through my run into the box and Gav happened to find me. How did it feel being able to celebrate in front of a packed out front and park? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, again, 
the fraten end, the the support is immense, and um, there's that many people up there. You know, it's it's an amazing feeling when you score a goal, and the emotions just run wild. It was beautiful. You had a really good battle throughout the 90 minutes. I've seen your interview on Sky, and it's it's all everyone's mentioning. So, how pleased are you that you've come out on top? Yeah, for sure. Um, Santos was a, a, a great player, and um, I've heard he's been a great player for quite a while. So yeah, it was a, it was a tough challenge, but um, I enjoy I enjoy those challenges, and I, I think I got the upper hand on it. How did you view the performance as a whole tonight? It was a great team performance. I think we were, you know, we were great from from the get go. You know, we, we applied a lot of pressure up high and uh, didn't give them much time on the ball, and uh, they didn't really create too many chances. And I think we were we were amazing from start to finish. Everyone for the lads, how crucial was that goal just before half time from Connor? Yeah, it's, it's great, you know, we were building up a lot of momentum and we had a few chances, like I said, I probably should have scored one or two and, uh, you know, scoring before half-time is, is always great, you know, it gives us a lot of energy going into the half-time, you know, we feel confident coming out for the second half and it does the same for the fans, so it was really important. And what did John say at the break? What did he want from you in the second half? He was happy with the way we were playing and he just wanted us to, to keep going and, you know, don't take our foot off the pedal, you know, we, we were 1-0 up, one up, so um, just to keep pushing and not slack off and get the win. How proud are you of the team tonight after that performance? Yeah, so proud. You know, uh, everyone's been working really hard in training, and you know it was a, a bit of a, a long and difficult week because we had quite a bit of time in between games. So it was a lot of gym and sessions were quite difficult, but everyone, you know, dug deep and, and put in the work through the week and uh, paid off on game day. It was your first league start at Fratton Park. How are you feeling going into it? Uh, great, you know, confident. Uh, I'm a very confident kid and I uh, was really looking forward to, for this opportunity. You know, this interview with Sky midweek and I uh, spoke about how I love these big games, you know, these important games. It's where you can either be a villain or a hero and uh, I love these opportunities to, to perform and to do well at Fratton Park. So, yeah, it was sick. How good did it feel to be able to fist pump at the end in front of the Fratton end as well? <laughs> yeah, it's it. It's a great feeling, it's a great feeling, you know, I've been watching a few of the other boys, you know, do it after games and after wins and after goals, so um, to do it for the first time was, was awesome. Just finally, what's your message to them after they stuck behind us throughout that whole 90 minutes and put a really good display on off the pitch? Thank you so much for your immense support, you know, all year round, even when we're, we're full behind sometimes in games, you know, people stick with us and the, the fans are always on our side and we're going to need them for this push towards promotion. That was Cassini Yengi there speaking after Monday night's 2-0 win over Bolton. Then, uh, Joe, speaking of Cassini Yengi, you look at the last, what, two and a half matches we've had him in the squad, um, obviously seeing out the 2-0 win at Burton Albion in midweek when Colby Bishop came off with that injury, then Northampton Town away, 3-0 victory at six fields followed by that 2-0 win over Bolton on Monday night whilst obviously Colby Bishop is going to be a big miss during this present injury we expect him back in two to three weeks from now is it fair to say that maybe with Cassini Yenge up top Pompey playing better or is it just a little bit differently uh, differently would be the, the the phrase I would use people smarter than I can work out whether we're actually doing this or not but it seems to be that a lot of the the longer passes that we're playing towards the front man aren't necessarily directed directly at that front man in the same manner that they are when Colby Bishop's playing um I've said it previously every week Colby Bishop gets a backpack on him <laughs> and it was no different for Cassini Yengi um Yengi's seem to be a lot heavier than most other League One backpacks, but it, the fact that the balls were going into one side or the other seemed to be a real benefit, um, and I think that's something that we really look to exploit, and we should continue to do so because Yengi looked really good, 
really good on Monday. And I, I, I didn't know if he had that in him. And to see that level of performance just kind of makes you go, well, you know, Colby, it's not, for me, it's not nailed on that he comes straight back in now. No. If I'm honest. Um, obviously, we've got a couple of games left to sort of decide that. But yeah, as, the, as we're talking now, it's not, he doesn't just walk straight back in for me. Fair enough. Kev, what about you? I mean, it's it's a, it's a fair question. You know, Cassini Yengi was scoring on Monday night, the performance he put in as well, up, up against a really tough defender in Ricardo Santos. That was a really enjoyable battle to watch, I thought, throughout the entirety of the evening. Is Colby Bishop, despite his quality and despite his record, got a bit of a job on his hands now to get his way back into the team? Well, I think he has. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no fault of his own that he's out injured. But, um, you know, if you're, if you're able, more than able, replacement comes in, performs well, scores goals and runs that, you know, Santos guy ragged on Monday night like he did, then, yeah, you've got to be thinking, I really need to impress the manager in training, convince him I'm fit and uh, get my place back. I liked, I liked the way Yengi plays, really like the way he plays. He offers a bit and he kept his discipline throughout. He could have easily, you know, caught the needle and um, given up on Santos, but um, he stuck with it and rewarded justly. Good stuff. Well then, plenty more to get through between now and seven. And time now to head off for a very quick breather, after which we'll be hearing from Blues boss John Massinho, who talks us through Monday's performance. It was excellent. It was a really, really well-contested game in the first half. Um, I thought both sides were probably unlucky not to have scored. I thought we did have the, be- the better of the chances. Um, you know, Dion Charles obviously missed from a, from a yard out, which is very, very unlike him, but I thought we created plenty as well and uh, we were a constant threat going the other way. We'll take a listen to that interview, as well as more from Kev and Joe, when the Football Hour returns for part two after this quick break. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do, for those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5, bundles of five day riders for the price of four, and Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Good evening. Welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM, where at 7 o'clock we'll be leaving you in the capable hands of Steve Randall, who will be here tonight to bring you the latest round of school days to really get you into the mood and ready for the weekend. And I can promise you this, he's got some crackers lined up this evening. But before we pass you on over to Steve, more from myself, Jake Smith, and our two studio guests for tonight's show, Kev Stokes and Joe Woods. Uh, we were talking before the break about Cassini Yengi, him getting back on the score sheet on Monday night with the second for the Blue over Bolton Wanderers and a couple of people on social media having their say as well. Dave Hartley saying he gives Pompey a different dynamic to go at teams now. Plus when Bishop is back he can slowly in- reintroduce him to avoid further injury to help him in the next half of the season. Nigel Lawrence um, reckons it gives us another approach up top and we're going to need that. There is no doubt that the pressing game will see fatigue later in the season despite having more depth in the squad than we've had before. And Joe, we were talking on, Mon- uh, on Monday Monday night on Pompey Live here on Express FM after the game that this side under John Massinho, when you've got a team like Bolton Wanderers coming down to Fratton Park, as we saw in the away match at Barnsley, uh, at Reading as well, despite quite a horrific start there. Derby County too. This Pompey team, as opposed to maybe previous ones down the, down the last few years, 
are not afraid to go at these big sides and sort of go out all out attack. They won't just sit back and invite the pressure. This Pompey team has the confidence and the ability to be able to say, no, do you know what? You come at us. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the hallmarks of a strong mentality, isn't it? They've, um, it's something that I don't think we've necessarily seen from a collective squad uh, for Pompey for the last couple of years. I think many times we've seen Pompey go a goal down in the last couple of years, second half, and you just kind of go, well, I just don't see this, this team pulling it back. And this could not be further from the truth for this team. Um, they could be two down with 15 to go, and you still think we could, we could win this. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a steely determination with them, and that is going to carry them an awful long way this year. Uh, Sean on Twitter as well saying uh, better is not the right word in my opinion different is the right description as uh, Joe was alluding to in part one we play differently to Bishop and offer a different kind of threat Yengi feels more similar to George Hurst powerful strong quick and decent in the lone role as well and Kev we saw on Monday night we were speaking again um, prior to about our break about Cassini Yengi and the kind of difference he offers he's an exciting talent that's come through from Australia and differently to Bishop you could see Yengi had that energy down the wings you know run onto them loose balls that's not to say Colby Bishop doesn't try to do that but I think more or less Colby's strengths are more holding the ball up passing it out to the wingers to overlap him and then bring them balls into the box Cassini Yengi was actually chasing them balls right down to the corner flag pretty much from minute one to 90 and yeah towards the end of the game he probably was looking a bit knackered he was yeah um but he's I was surprised at his fitness, actually, because he did keep running throughout the whole game and did a lot of running, I would have thought. Um, but his link-up play was brilliant. You know, his first touch was good. And, uh, he, you know, he tried to get away from... Um... What I saw in difference to Bishop was that Bishop, I think, would have... You talked backpack earlier. I mean, that would have been some backpack, wouldn't it? And um, But I think he was trying to spin his man. And he, and he got a few... You know, I got a few spins on him. The referee was very supportive of Santos, and um, on another day would have got some more free kicks. But uh, you know, he kept at it, and um, no, it's brilliant. And his link-up play with you know Kamara and um, a couple of the other boys in there was really quite sweet to watch. Let's go through the, the first goal now then, Joe, because we've, we've spoken about Yengi quite a lot tonight already, but haven't given any credit to, to Connor Shockness and Jack Sparks for their efforts uh, in the opener uh, on Monday night. In the 44th minute, Pompey won a corner just down by the Milton end in front of the Bolton Wanderers fans, who yet, by the way, just over 700 of them on a Monday night. It's a fantastic effort. Jack Sparks with another one of his beautiful beautiful deliveries from a set-piece situation, and Connor Shocknessy uh, coming in from nowhere and glancing his header across goal into the back of the net Joe um, a really pleasing goal to watch it, it's quite routine in the fact that it just comes from a corner and straight onto Connor's head uh, and into the back of the net but the, the, the technique to a deliver it like Jack Sparks did and get the contact like Connor Shocknessy did um, that there's a lot to praise in that yeah definitely um, it's nearly a quarter of Pompey's goals this year have come from set pieces yeah. and, and you know you, you were told me that you told me that a year ago Joe I wouldn't have believed you no I was about to say, it's been an awful long time since I've seen a player at Fratton Park in a blue shirt that's been able to effectively take a corner nine times out of ten. Because the amount of times we've had players that have been, inverted commas, technicians that have gone over to take the, the corner and haven't cleared the first man or have cleared everyone, it's been 
it's been infuriating. But Jack Sparks, for all of his defensive warts, and there are a few, um, has provided brilliant set-piece delivery and brilliant crosses. And even when Conor Ogilvy comes back, I'm not sure there's much of a case for taking him out of the side because we are a dangerous team with him taking those corners. Yeah. And uh, a big moment as well, of course, in the game, getting the opener um, in any minute is big against Bolton Wanderers. Kev, given the calibre of the opposition on Monday night, but right before half-time, after a a decent half, an entertaining uh, end-to-end battle, I thought. I don't think any side would necessarily too much dominant than the other but to score right before half time really was the sucker punch that Bolton didn't need but Pompey absolutely did yes perfect time to score isn't it and uh, just going back to the corners imagine if we could do that on the other side of the pitch as well (laughs) (laughs) 20 goals but um, no they are great and I I did um, re-look at some of the match um, uh, yesterday I think it was and um, Sparks had tried that short, short near post corner about five, ten minutes before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't quite come off, but that second way to go you know, right on half-time was absolutely spot-on, wasn't it? He, he, and he ran ten yards, lost his marker. Beautiful header. So, yeah, no, that was that was great. And then, it, of course, it changes your team talk, doesn't it? And yeah. um, ruins one others. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so big, was... big moment not long before that as well, Joe. 28 minutes had gone. Um, you know exactly what I'm going to say. Dion Charles. Um, yeah. From all of three, four yards out, um, had, had missed an open goal. Um, it was an, initially a fantastic save uh, from Will Norris to deny his teammate um, the opener. Uh, it fell straight to Dion Charles, who was just had the entire goal gaping. Um, and yeah, he just he somehow put it wide. And he was quite central to the goal as well. It wasn't just, you know, tucked around the post. Um, your thoughts on that one? Because it looks like a horrific miss. And, you know, that's because it is. But... How much did Dion Charles know about that? Because it came in quite quickly. Um, he knew enough to put it in the net, is my yeah. sort of opinion on that. Um, it it didn't come at him overly or any quicker than I would have, than you would expect. He was doing the right thing of following the ball in. Mm-hmm. It's not like the ball cannoned back to him. No. Um, he anticipated the parry. <laughs> he, he just got his technique all wrong. Yeah. Um, you know... That the interesting thing about that was that we love to many people measure things with XG, XGA, all that sort of stuff. That had an XG of 0.9, <laughs> which for the uninitiated means nine times out of ten he is going to score that. Yeah. Um, and I would actually argue that that 0.9 is on the low side mm-hmm. because it, we, we're talking we're talking one of the top strikers in this division. Yeah. Uh, I know we've just watched him miss a sitter, but he isn't going to miss that. I, I don't think he'll miss a chance like that in the rest of his career, <laughs> if I'm perfectly honest, no. because it was an open goal from about three yards. Yeah. It, it, it baffled the mind that that was possible. Yeah. And it, it, it seems to, it, it looked to me like that just sucked the life out of the Bolton players. Mm. It really did. The belief just fell away from them. And from then on, it was pretty much all Pompey. Yeah, and taking nothing away from Pompey's performance on Monday night, Kev, because it was superb and I thought one of the best of the season. Northampton away before that as well was a pretty decent showing. But 
you also can't help but feel that that goal goes in from Dion Charles at the time it was nil nil. That's then one nil Bolton. It's completely different story for the remaining hour or so. Um, so yes, great performance from Pompey, thoroughly deserving of the win, but also a little bit fortuitous that didn't go in. But maybe sometimes winners and champions do have to ride on luck a little bit, and that you create your own fortune sometimes. Yeah, yeah, certainly so. And um, I think I think you you or Robbie said it after the game on Monday night that you know goals change matches, but then so do misses, especially key misses like that. You, and you're right, it knocked his confidence. I think he was going off already celebrating. I think he <laughs> he fancied himself for that so easy tapping and um, just lost his concentration by a millisecond, and you know put it past the post thankfully because uh, it would have been a totally different game then wouldn't it would have been well no it wouldn't actually because how many times have we won well, down and come back yeah. to win it would have been a slightly different game but yeah. um, um, clean sheets always good I can actually answer that question Kev out of the 20 league matches this season Pompey have come back from behind seven times uh, to, to claw back some kind of result plenty of yeah. points won back from, from the losing position so yeah absolutely right even if that had gone in um, who would have known what, what kind of story that would have been on Monday night but the reality is Pompey did secure victory over Bolton Wanderers they are now six points clear of them in second place in League One and it's time now to take a listen to the post-match thoughts of head coach John Massinio who was pulled aside by Andy Moon following the full-time whistle at Fratton Park on Monday night John well that was pretty good wasn't it? Yeah, I thought it was it was excellent. It was a really, really well contested game in the first half. Um, I thought both sides were probably unlucky not to have scored. I thought we did have the best, the better of the chances. Um, you know, Dion Charles obviously missed from a from a yard out, which is very, very unlike him. But I thought we created plenty as well, and uh, we were a constant threat going the other way. The second half, I, I, I can't remember Will having to do anything. I thought we were we were comfortable. We pressed really well. We pressed high aggressively. We had opportunity after opportunity. Not necessarily chances, but some really good positions we got ourselves into. And we were just a little bit sloppy sometimes in the final third. The one time we did put a nice move together, we scored. Um, so overall, uh, to to do that to one of the league's best sides was really pleasing. Cassini Yengi up against Ricardo Santos is always going to be a tough ask. But what a game he gave him! What did you make of his performance? Oh, it was it was an unbelievable battle. It was it was great to watch. Apart from the times where I thought. You know, there was there was plenty. I thought the the referee got right. I thought it was excellent. There was there was just a, a couple where I thought, you know, he's got the wrong side of um, Santos for for Bolton. He's just pulled him back, and you know, I suppose it's one of those things. But uh, it was it was an unbelievable battle, and he is one of the best centre halves in the league. So for Cassini to do that in his second league start for us, his first start here um, in the league at home, uh, yeah, it was a pleasure to watch. He fully deserved his goal. Also, when he's not played much, to be able to keep doing that for 90 minutes is, is impressive. Yeah, and, and the, the press, uh, we, we wanted to, Cassini to lead the line with, with the way that we press. Uh, he had a, a real job on his hands, as you can probably see. He was, he was pressing Santos, he was pressing the goalkeeper. If, the, if they beat the press, he had to get back in and he coped with it magnificently. It was, we were looking towards the back end of the game, thinking, you know, do we need to make a change? Do we need to freshen things up? And he looked like he grew from strength to strength. He keeps himself in incredibly good nick. You can probably see that. And, and it just goes to show, I think, the um, the importance of the squad and, and what we, we're trying to build here in terms of players coming in and being able to do that. Uh, you know, Colby is a big miss, definitely. Um, there's no doubt about that, but to be able to, to bring uh, Cassini in behind him, to have Christian there on the bench is, is a real... Um, I, I suppose pleasure for us. Ten goals now from corners this season, and another good one tonight. Yeah, well, I think we, you know, we we do earn a lot of set pieces with with the way that we try and attack, and um, you know, a really a really nice one. I was a bit frustrated actually with a couple of the deliveries that we put in first of all, but the message to the boys is deliver the ball well and attack it with aggression, and 
you know, you don't have to be too fancy with set pieces. You have um, athletes like Connor Shaughnessy going across the front, and um, if you don't deal with Connor, there's there's Sean Raggett, Marlon Pack, um, Cassini Yengi, Abu Kamara. Yeah, we, we've got plenty to um, be a threat, I think, from set pieces. We've got to make sure we stay on top of them because they can be the difference in games. You've talked about wanting aggression and there were so many moments tonight, I'm thinking Joe Rafferty when he somehow came from nowhere and stole the ball down the left-hand side, attacking on the front foot, defending on the front foot. How pleasing is it to see the football you want played against a team that good? I think it was, you know, the second half certainly was, was one of the best that I've seen in terms of the off the ball and, and the out of possession. Uh, we pressed, we pressed high, we left them, um, Connor and Sean 2v2 at the back. That's something they've got to deal with. I think if uh, this is the way we want to play and we do want to play that way. Sides like Bolton, I think if you allow them to play, if you give them time, if you give them space, they'll hurt you. And we didn't want to do that. We've seen them do that to sides time and time again over the past few weeks and you've seen their record. And um, Sometimes even when you press them, they've got the ability to, to spin it and, and go the other way as well. So to see that level of aggression, uh, that level of um, braveness, I think, off the ball um, or bravery was really pleasing. Tough call, but ultimately the right one to bring Joe Morrell back in and, and move Alex further forward. Really tough call. We, we, we undenied about it and we we ultimately made the decision on the game and what we thought was best for Bolton. Uh, their midfield three was or is one of the best in the league and um, I think you know, Christian gives us a, a huge amount on and off the ball, um, a massive amount. Just felt it was one of those games where having three midfielders in there was, was probably going to be better suited to it. Um, so a really a tough call, very, very unlucky. You know, Christian can count himself unbelievably unlucky. He's, he's coming to the side, he's played two games, 5-0 um, aggregate score and found himself out of the side. And my message to the boys is we are going to pick sides that we think are going to win games. That's the, the way that we do it. You've got to um, try and believe us on that and know that we are very, very aware of the fact that um, we're leaving really good players out of the side. We're leaving really good players out of the squad, to be honest, as well. And it's just one of those decisions we have to make. How long can you allow yourself to enjoy this before you have to start switching to, to focus on Shrewsbury? I think tonight. <laughs> and then uh, we've got, we're, we're in tomorrow to, to, to do the debrief because it's a bit of a strange week for us. Um, so we've, we've rejigged it. And, um, you know, in all honesty, Andy, the, um, the coaches and, and all of the staff, I don't know what the right word is. We're, we're, we're a bit sad. We'll be straight on shows, but at some point tomorrow morning. So, um, but it is enjoyable. We, we do love it. John Messino there speaking with Andy Moon shortly after his side's 2 0 victory at home to Bolton Wanderers on Monday evening. Kev, we've spoken about the, the result. We've, we've gone through the goals as well. The league table, as things stand, Pompey, six points clear of Bolton. Yes, they've got that game in hand. Oxford are dropping points. They've now moved down to fifth position. It's easy to get carried away at this stage, isn't it? Because we know exactly what can happen over the Christmas and New Year period. But right here, right now, living in the moment as a Pompey fan, it's a great time to be a supporter of his club. It certainly is. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, it hasn't looked so good and positive for a long time. I know we've been, yeah, we've ridden high around Christmas time in previous seasons, but just going back to what Joe was saying earlier, that you know the, this this whole squad you know looks a together unit, and that's all down to Massini and the ways, and the you know sort of recruitment drive from Richard Hughes and, and the like. But um, in previous seasons, I've looked out across the bench, you know, after the hour and thought, who are we going to change it up with? And I don't mind now who comes on. You know, used to be sure someone's warming up, you go, oh him. And um, but you know, Devlin came on, White came on, and. Um, Things still happened, and not a lot changed in in formation. It's great to see all young players, all hungry for success. Yeah. I think 
and someone, Joe, I know you're keen to talk about tonight, Sean Raggett. He's had to come in in recent weeks for Regan Paul. Of course, he's out for the season. Having done his ACL, Sean Raggett's had to come in and step up to the plate. Joe, your thoughts on him, not just from Monday night, but you know from Northampton and Burton as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, Regan Paul went down and we all panicked. Let's be quite frank, yeah. um, because he, he's such a, a good player. But... I'm not sure that Sean Raggett has been this good in his entire time at Pompey. He's been superb. I mean, previously I've had my doubts about him on the ball, but it, it must just be the competition or the fact that he's now forced into this role. Whatever it is, he's been he's played absolutely fantastically well over these last couple of games. And I was, I was just doing a, a little bit of uh, looking up and research on him. He's played over 200 games for Portsmouth now. Yeah, yeah. And he was picked up on a free transfer from Norwich. And I don't care, you know, ignore what's happened previously. If you're going out and getting somebody that then makes 200 appearances for your club on a free transfer, mm. you found an absolute gem. And um, just a, a point on Monday, I think Bolton made a bit of a tactical misstep on Monday. They put John Daddy Babarson up there against Sean Raggett. And I just think that was a mistake. And then they pumped long balls up to him. Yeah. Well, if there's one thing that Sean Raggett's always been really good at, it's heading the ball away yeah. and dealing with a physical striker. Yeah. It, it just seemed like a tactical misstep to me. And, it, it, you know, he's going to eat that up all day. I'm more worried if you've got a five foot eight, five foot eleven. Connor Chaplin-esque figure playing against him because that is going to cause him problems. Yeah, yeah. Not not a big lad that you know exactly what they're doing. And I, I felt, after the first 10 minutes, I thought, yeah, Bud Varson's got very little on, on Sean Raggett. So, well done, Sean. More <laughs> of the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would echo that as well. And just to say that I think he's a he's a consummate professional footballer. You know, he'll... he'll run through brick boards for you he will and um you know he, he could have easily gone off on a free somewhere at the start of the season when he knew he wasn't going to get first team pick but um he sat there and he's he went this down great guy he um he, he he's at 214 appearances currently yeah um i had a quick tot up by the end of the season if you if we don't progress in the pizza cars cup or whatever <laughs> it is now <laughs> I don't know. It changes every week, doesn't it? And it's normally weeks where Jake gets me on to talk about it, actually. <laughs> um, if, he, if he plays in every game between now and the end of the season, which isn't an impossibility given Regan's injury, he'll reach 240 appearances for Pompey. Mm. And I actually think it would be a, a crying shame if at this point he doesn't make 250. Uh, Gary Roberts, uh, former Pompey midfielder, of course, have, must have been watching on Monday night. He said Pompey really aggressive with their press. Bolton refused to go over over it to disappoint Pompey full value for the win. Uh, Nomad on Twitter as well saying let's not do a Blackpool and banana skin against Shrewsbury. Not, but I think these group of players will fall into that trap. And that's a game we'll be previewing in the third and final part of this evening's show. Right. Thank you to both Kev and Joe for the time being. However, it is time for one last interval in this evening. 
evening show. When we come back, we'll begin to look ahead to Pompey's next league fixture, which is a trip to Shrewsbury Town tomorrow afternoon, as well as hear from head coach of the Pompey women, Jay Sadler. He's been talking to us about why he and his side will be using Sunday's South Coast Derby defeat as a marker to try and bounce back from. We've got to take a lot of motivation and a lot of pride within this performance. This group couldn't have given any more. Um, they brought the best version of themselves and we've now got to use that as a catalyst to really kick on in the league. More from the three of us here and Jay Sadler too. Stick with us for the conclusion of the Football Hour on the way next. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. The world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Welcome along for the final time this evening to the latest instalment of the Football Hour. Brought to you this season by Stagecoach South. Download the app to view up-to-date timetable information and to prepay for your journey too. Shortly, we'll be shifting our attention to tomorrow's League One fixture for Pompey away at Shrewsbury. But first to catch up with head coach of the Portsmouth Women. I spoke earlier in the week to Jay Sadler, initially to look ahead to this weekend's league match against Ipswich. However, that game has been postponed as a result of the opponent's progression in the FA Cup. So instead, we decided to reflect on Sunday's South Coast derby loss to Southampton in the Blues FA Cup third round tie, where despite a first half equaliser from Emma Jones, which had cancelled out Jazz Younger's own goal opener, the championship quality of Southampton shone through to seal a 2-1 win at Wesley Park. We also spoke about the upcoming three-week break and the season so far, but I first asked Jay what learnings could be taken from Sunday's defeat. We've had plenty of time to reflect upon Sunday. There's still a, a tinge of disappointment and a tinge of what could have been. Um, however, we've got to be motivated um, by that performance. Yes, we came up short outcome-wise against a fully professional outfit who play in the league above and if we add maybe a little bit more concentration in one box and a bit of composure in the other box it could have been a different story to take a team of that quality to 90 plus seven minutes all the way to the wire shows how far this group have progressed over the last 12 to 18 months we were in a similar position this time last year having taken london city all the way to, to the death losing that game one nil so we like i said we've got to take a lot of motivation and a lot of pride within this performance this group couldn't have given any more um, they brought the best version of themselves and we've now got to use that as a catalyst to really kick on in the league and you were due to travel to Ipswich this weekend for the next league game. However, that's been postponed due to their involvement in the FA Cup. Would you have liked to have had that game this weekend to quickly bounce back from Sunday? Of course, there's frustration that there's no game Sunday. We drew a lot of positives um, from the game against Southampton, especially with our, our out-of-possession work. And we wanted to go into another game of high standard, high intensity, high quality. These are the games that this group thrive upon and a trip to one of our title contenders in Ipswich was a game we were looking forward to. I obviously understand that the FA Cup takes precedent. It didn't last year, um, so there was some hope, but 
unfortunately. Um, it's out of our control. And now we go into an earlier break um, ahead of ahead of the Christmas period and we'll keep ourselves ticking over. We'll keep ourselves firmly motivated um, ahead of our next fixture away at Billericay in the new year. So no game now until the 7th of January. What do you and your team do now with no game scheduled across the festive period? Is there still a lot of work to do behind the scenes? It's always a strange time having a, a two and, uh, well, now three-week period off in the middle of the season. However, it's it's required. Listen, these these players, they're not just athletes. They're, they're also human beings. They're, they're, they're people. And, and they need time to both physically and, and mentally reset the balance in full-time jobs, time with family, time with friends, with a relentless training and, and fixture scheduling. So we need that time to reset. We're, we'll still be training, obviously, over that period, still be maintaining fitness levels, just probably reducing the, the cognitive stress on players. And then when we come back in um, in the new year, we'll, we'll then be fully focused and prepared to attack the second half of the season with a, a nice trip to Billericay on the 7th. A prolonged rest might initially come across to you know an outsider as a bit of a luxury to have, but from your perspective as head coach, what kind of effect can that have on your team? I think the the positives of having this break, as a, as I said before, enables the players and the staff to reset. Um, it enables them to to get some much needed time in with family and friends over the Christmas period and to reduce um, the stress um, and the pressure um, that's on week on week um, with the challenges this league poses us and the challenges that we've posed ourselves. We're in a title race. We're not shying away from that. And it's relentless to win games week in, week out to maintain pressure and to maintain our high standards. So there are positives to that. Um, the negatives, obviously, um, we feel that we've built a bit of momentum over the past few weeks. We've obviously progressed in cup competitions. We, we picked up three valuable points away at London Bees. And off the back of that Southampton game, I felt that when you look back at the season and you look at who we were playing, that, that was arguably our, our, our biggest performance um, in all areas this season, holistically, it was probably our best performance. And we want to bottle that up and we, we want to maintain those standards. Though, So to then have a drop-off where we haven't got any competitive football, we're now going to have to come back in in the new year and raise our game again. We're going to have to raise the standards, raise the intensity, raise the motivation levels. But listen, this group won't need me to do that intrinsically. They're focused, they're determined, they understand the, the ambition that this club has this season. And when we do come back in, we'll, we'll be fighting and, and raring to go. And how would you assess your season so far, Jay? When you assess the, the season as a whole to this date, I think there are a lot more positives than there are negatives. Hashtag arguably the only real blemish on our record, the only league game we've lost. And we've kind of used that as our motivation. We used it as a catalyst to really kick on. And we picked up some really important wins and some really good, solid performances. We've shown different ways to our game, grinding out 1-0 win away at Rugby Borough, having to defend probably that last 15, 20 minutes. And then on the flip side, we've gone to some teams and, and, and put significant goals past them and obviously sit here with a, with a high goal difference. Some real good individual and, and collective performances in that run. We're disappointed to be out of um, the County Cup, losing to Bournemouth. 
Um, however, um, we can take a lot of positives from both our League Cup run um, with a trip to Ipswich next year and, and also our FA Cup run to navigate through difficult early fixtures, um, uh, uh, solid teams in Fulham and Ebbsfleet. And then to obviously host your, your South Coast rivals in, in a third round at home. I thought, A, the fans were absolutely fantastic. The atmosphere generated was superb. And that's something we're extremely proud of this year. An ever-increase in fan base. And hopefully that can continue into the new year too. But also that was a performance of a fight, a performance of character. And a performance that, that will motivate us now. Those are the levels we've set ourselves. Those are the standards we've set ourselves. And um, it's my job now to, to ensure that we reach those levels consistently throughout every game in 2024. A big thanks, as always, to Jay Sadler for taking the time to speak to us this week. A reminder, that's the Pompey women now out of action until January the 7th, which is when they take on Bitteriki Town away from home in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division, in which they currently set the pace. Speaking of tabletop insides, let's get back on to Portsmouth men. They next take on Shrewsbury Town away from home tomorrow afternoon. Match day number 21 of their Skybet League One campaign. And uh, with me tonight to look ahead to that game is Kev Stokes and Joe Wood. Um, Kev, we heard before the break a tweet. I think it was Nomad on Twitter saying not wanting to do a Blackpool and banana skin against Shrewsbury because that's what they've done recently. Um, he says not that I think these group of players will fall into that trap. Can you get on board with that opinion that this side compared to maybe maybe previous teams in recent campaigns in League One, whilst we've been in this position before, you get that kind of different feeling that they're not going to have these really silly slip-ups and maybe they won't bottle it, touch wood? Yes, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think that Messina's got them focused. And, um, you know, we all know that Christmas is a busy period, lots of games coming up. And uh, I think he's he knows what he wants out of his players and... And I think they're all, you know, what's the word, um, invested in mm. his theory. And uh, it's showing on the pitch. You know, they all look, like I said earlier, hungry out there. No one throws a fit when they're substituted. And uh, they're all playing for each other. It's good to see. Really good. Yeah. Kev, thank you very much. Let's do a little bit of digging now into the shrews. Pompey travel to Shropshire tomorrow to take on a side led by a very familiar face. After Monday night's 2-0 victory over Bolton at Fratton Park, the Blues sit six points clear at the top of League One. They are back on the road this weekend and it's Shrewsbury Town who play the role of hosts. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. The last time these two sides met back in April, a one-all draw was shared at New Meadow, where Marlon Pack rescued the point for Pompey in the 82nd minute, following a Shrewsbury opener through Rob Street 30 minutes prior. He's no longer with the Shrews, but let's take a look into the names that are, as well as the key facts and figures behind the team facing John Bassinio's table toppers this weekend. Manager Shrewsbury are now managed by former Portsmouth hero Matt Taylor, who played for the Blues between 2002 and 2008. Taylor was appointed as Shrews head coach back in June, succeeding ex-Blues boss Steve Cottrell. His instalment as head coach at New Meadows served as the first time Shrewsbury have named an appointee as head coach rather than manager. This comes after the creation of a director of football at the club, with that position currently held by Mickey Moore. The 42-year-old previously had a nine-month tenure in charge of League Two outfit Walsall, where he was relieved of his duties in February 2022, with his side having suffered seven consecutive defeats, leaving them just four points above the relegation zone. They had been approaching a playoff place just prior to the new year, so the sudden downfall was met with the immediate response from the powers that be to remove Taylor from the dugout. 
Taylor had 16 months away from management before being approached by Shrewsbury this summer. One to watch. 32-year-old striker Ryan Bowman has been labelled our one to watch this weekend. Standing at 6 feet and 2 inches, the Carlisle-born forward adopts a position up top for Shrewsbury alongside Daniel Udo and does so by wearing the number 9 shirt. So far this season, Bowman has scored just one league goal and that came on the opening day of the season in a 1-0 victory over Cheltenham Town. The former York City, Motherwell and Exeter City man has however scored four more goals in cup competition this campaign, one in the EFL Trophy and three in the FA Cup. Bowman's hat-trick away at Notts County on December 1st single-handedly sent the Shrews through to the third round of the oldest cup competition in world football, where they'll face Wrexham in January. Top scorer. With three goals and three assists to his name in the league this season, 27-year-old Daniel Udo is the club's leading scorer at this stage. The Nigerian forward, who wears the number 11 shirt, last netted in a 2-1 victory over Port Vale at New Meadow on November 25th. Udo has been a Slopian since May 2019, which was when he was signed from local rivals AFC Telford United for an undisclosed fee. He made his league debut for Shrewsbury three months later, coming off the bench to score an 89th minute winner in a 3-2 win away at Accrington Stanley. The former Ilkeston and Crewe winger has also bagged one goal in the FA Cup and one in the EFL Trophy this season too. Current form. Much like Pompey, Shrewsbury are without a loss in their previous three league games and their last defeat was inflicted by Blackpool by a scoreline of four goals to nil. Those last three games have included two wins and a draw, most recently seeing out a 1-0 victory away at Wickham last weekend. Amongst this recent string of results in the league, Matt Taylor's side also secured progression to the third round of the FA Cup, thanks to a 3-2 win away at Notts County. In the league standings, the Shrews are in 11th position on 27 points, though both Northampton and Bristol Rovers below them have played fewer games. Only two sides in League One have scored less goals than Shrewsbury's 13 this season. Exeter City have netted 12, while Cheltenham have only managed 11. They have also conceded 27 goals, the joint most of any team sitting 14th or above, with 15th place Wickham having let in 28. Both sides are unbeaten in their last three league matches, so will it be a fourth consecutive win for the Blues, or can Shrewsbury keep up their own run of form and claim a result against the leaders? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Yeah, a bit of a closer look into Shrewsbury Town then. Pompey's opponents for their League One fixture away from home tomorrow afternoon. Three o'clock kickoff at the Crowd Meadow. Um, it wasn't until earlier this week, I must admit, Joe, um, I hadn't realised who had taken over Shrewsbury. It's Matt Taylor, the, the man, the myth, yeah. the legend himself. That was, um, that was a bit out of the blue, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it shows how um, out of touch we are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one thing I will say about Shrewsbury is they have the, one of the worst goal differentials in the league. Um, mm. I'm going to make a very flippant comment now. Um, presumably it's because he has all their players shooting from the halfway line. <laughs> um, we'll find out on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. Everybody behind the Milton end should just be getting ready to catch a load of League One footballs. I'd, I'd, like I'd be worried if some of them got to the Milton end, Joe. We're playing away from home tomorrow. <laughs> Well, sorry, yeah. Well, I mean, you know. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, we should be beating them. Yeah. And I, I, I hate that sentence normally. I really do, because you have no right to beat anybody mm-hmm. in, a, in a game of football, in this, particularly at the professional level. However, that being said, Pompey are probably top three side in this division. Yeah. You should, you've got to put this game to bed. Get another three points on the board. And, and just move on. You've just got to power through this Christmas period. Mm. 
Let's take a little bit uh, more of a look at Shrewsbury as well, not mentioned within that piece uh, we just heard there, as Joe alluded to there, the goal difference, not fantastic. Um, at the moment, they've got a minus 14 goal difference. They occupy 11th place, so they're in the top half with a minus 14 goal difference. They've got 27 points. Their home form is better than their away form. Six wins, one draw, three defeats, 19 points picked up at the Crowd Meadow, but only 10 goals scored and nine conceded, um, and three scored away from home, 18 let in. Um, on their travels. So, yeah, they don't score many goals to Shrewsbury, only 13 for this season. And when you take that into um, a little bit of context, Pompey have got 34, Shrewsbury have scored 13, um, Charlton above them 32, Northampton just below them 24, um, and Shrewsbury have also played more games than anyone else in this division as well. Um, so, yeah, not the highest scorers are Shrewsbury Town, as Joe has rightfully pointed out there. Hopefully... That stays the same this time tomorrow. Let's get some score predictions in then. Starting, please, with Kev Pompey away at the Shrews. What do you reckon? I can only see another comfortable 3-0 win. Kev, cheers. Joe? I was going to go 3-0, but I'm going to go 2-0, just to be a bit different. Okay, okay. And to put my prediction on records, you've nicked it off me, Joe. Also going to go for a 2-0 Blues win. Uh, Kev Stokes, we've reached the end of the show, I'm afraid. Uh, It's now time to say goodbye. Thank you very much for joining us on the Football Hour tonight, mate. Pleasure, Jake. Thanks so much for having me on. And happy that, Christmas if I don't see you. Yeah, happy Christmas to you too. And those sentiments echoed straight to Joe Wood as well. Really appreciate your time and efforts as always, Joe. Have a great weekend. Thank you very much, Jake. Enjoyed it. It certainly has been an enjoyable show. Big thank you to both Kev and Joe for joining us this evening. Well, that's all we've got time for tonight. However, your next football fix is just around the corner. I'll be back on Monday evening for the next instalment of the Football Hour. But Pompey Live is back on your radios tomorrow afternoon from 2 o'clock. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Portsmouth are six points clear at the top of League One. Next up, they travel to Shrewsbury. Join us for all of the unmissable action tomorrow afternoon from 2. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Yes, that's right. Myself and Robbie James will be bringing you full coverage of Pompey's trip to Shrewsbury Town tomorrow afternoon. Kickoff at New Meadow is 3 o'clock, and our coverage here on Express FM commences from the usual time of 2 pm. Do join us. For all of the action to see if match day number 21 will bring just as much luck for Pompey as number 20 did. Can the Blues extend their lead at the top of League One and can they pretty much cement their position at the summit of the division heading into Christmas? Yes, two o'clock tomorrow afternoon is where you need to be to find out. Right, coming up here on Express FM this evening, right after the news, Steve Randall returns with school days up until nine o'clock this evening, which is when Hip Shaker returns with a groovy blend of retro soul, R&B and beat music all the way through until 11pm. Tomorrow morning, you'll be waking up by Ian McGuinness with Saturday breakfast. He's got musical features. A look ahead to what's happening in and around the city this weekend all together with the latest sport, weather and travel news and great music thrown in in between as well. Lily Park is back from 11 through until 2 o'clock, which is when, of course, Pompey Live returns. If you missed any of tonight's show, you can listen back to it via the Express FM website and on Spotify as well. But until next time, Blues fans, have a great evening. Enjoy your weekend. Steve Randall is up next. <laughs>